peace be upon you, and welcome to this week's edition to Pathway to Peace, a show which takes an analytical look at the current issues and trends affecting us all. Trying to find the answers to problems that affect our political peace, economic peace, and perhaps the noblest of them all, inner peace. Eid al-Adha marks the coming to an end of a great form of Islamic worship, the Hajj. Dating back to the Prophet Abraham, Hajj is a combination of rituals that are performed around the Kaaba and in its vicinity. But the essence of this occasion is to remember the sacrifices offered by Abraham, of which there are many. But the two great sacrifices that he offered in relation to his progeny was once when he interpreted a dream that he was asked to sacrifice the life of his son Ishmael, and another when he was commanded by God to leave his wife and the same son Ishmael in the Arabian desert. We know from the Holy Quran that he stood steadfast on both occasions, leaving behind a great legacy of sacrifice in the way of God. In this episode of Pathway to Peace, you'll hear segments from two of our previous episodes, which takes an introspective look at what exactly is being commemorated by this Eid, and what impact does it have on acquiring peace, not just within society, but within ourselves. Before we play those segments, Let's have a listen to a short introduction to Eid al-Adha, taken from our sister station, Muslim Television Ahmadiyya. And when he was old enough to run along with him, he said, O oh my dear son, I have seen in the dream that I offer thee in sacrifice. So consider what thou thinkest of it. He replied, O oh my father, do as thou art commanded. Thou wilt find me, if Allah please, steadfast in my faith. Sacrifice, the central theme of Eid al-Adha. The sacrifice of one's offspring may seem unthinkable to most, even barbaric. Surely one would rather endure the harshest of pains than wish a dot of discomfort upon their progeny. It is a natural reaction, human nature some would say, a truly universal trait, whether man or woman, in Europe, Africa or Asia. An extraordinary fact of life and testament to man's utter love and devotion for his own. It is this natural reaction, universally instilled within us all, that Hazrat Ibrahim salam, was commanded to abandon thousands of years ago today. Until the age of uh, 86, Ibrahim salam, did not have a son. At the age of uh, 86 years, he had his firstborn, and that was Ismail salam, and who was born out of uh, his uh, Egyptian wife, whose name was Hajar when the time of Abraham came, this, uh, prophet, uh, this uh, sacrifice, uh, which is called the human sacrifice, this was abolished. He was commanded to sacrifice his son. He saw a dream in which he saw that he was uh, slaughtering his uh, son. The Holy Quran states, And when he was old enough to run along with him, he said, O oh my dear son, I have seen in a dream that I offer thee in sacrifice. So consider what thou thinkest of it. He replied, O my father, do as thou art commanded. Thou wilt find me, if Allah please, steadfast in my faith. 
This verse highlights in particular the complete faith and devotion of Hazrat Ibrahim salam and his beloved son placed in God and God's will. So when he related this dream of his to his son, uh, Hazrat Ismail salam, he got prepared immediately. He said, yes, Yabati Farmat Omar, you should do what you have been commanded to. And uh, Prophet Ibrahim salam, when he was about to slaughter him, immediately at that time, God told him that, well, you have fulfilled your dream because your preparedness shows that you have done your part of the sacrifice. Hazrat Ibrahim salam, was ready to follow God's instructions at once, never hesitating, questioning or showing any sign of reluctance in sacrificing his most beloved son, Hazrat Ismail salam, foregoing his own feelings those of his wife, Hazrat Hajra, and his ancestors, who through him hoped to propagate their progeny. Any worldly person not familiar with Hazrat Ibrahim salam's qualities would think of him simply as a madman. How could he perform such a callous, heartless act? One would think he is utterly devoid of tender feelings. The Holy Quran unequivocally banishes this thought. It states that Hazrat Ibrahim salam, was a wise, tender-hearted and godly person with the least painful incident bringing tears to his eyes and rendering him restless. Consequently, Hazrat Ibrahim salam, was neither mad or devoid of human sentiment. His feelings at the time of sacrificing his only son can only be described as the most tender feeling of the most loving mother or father. With this in mind, Hazrat Ibrahim salam, asked his only son to lie down on the ground and with the knife in his hand proceeded with great vigour to carry out God's command. The Holy Quran states, And when they both submitted to the will of God, and Abraham had thrown him down on his forehead, we called to him, O Abraham, thou hast indeed fulfilled the dream. Thus indeed do we reward those who do good. That surely was a manifest trial. So it is said that Hazrat um, Ibrahim al-Islam took him outside and uh, when he was um, about to slaughter him, uh, at that particular moment God told him, Ya Ibrahim, O Ibrahim, you have fulfilled your dream. So he forbade him from slaughtering the uh, son and instead he gave him, uh, he asked him to slaughter a goat in this, instead and he slaughtered the goat at, at that time in his place. This abolished the human sacrifice onwards. So this dream, as a matter of fact, had an interpretation. The interpretation was that the way Hazrat Ibrahim Rasulam would take him to Arabia, the place uh, which is now called Mecca, he was to take him to that place and uh, leave him there with his mother. So that was, you know, not less than slaughtering a child in the way of God. The words, thou hast indeed fulfilled the dream, shows that Hazrat Ibrahim was not required to fulfill his vision in an actual fact but that it was only a practical demonstration of his intention and preparedness to slaughter his son which was desired of him. Hazrat Ibrahim's salam, preparedness to sacrifice Hazrat Ismail salam, was perpetuated in the Islamic institution of sacrifice which forms an integral part of the ceremonies of Hajj. 
What greater testimony could there be to Hazrat Ibrahim salam, having left behind him a good name than that the followers of the three great religions, Islam, Christianity and Judaism, take pride in ascribing their ancestry to the great patriarch? Now that you've heard a basic introduction to Eid al-Adha, in the first of our two segments, first aired on the 26th of August 2018, you'll hear Pathway to Peace presenter Nasir Sajjad reflect on what this occasion means to each and every one of us. Let's take a listen. But, you know, we were talking about the acts of violence that are being, uh, that are being carried out uh, in, uh, say, Yemen at the moment. Mm. And the act of sacrificing your worldly desires should, you know, you should, um, the Caliph of Islam spoke about, this, this alone should help you disassociate yourself from the acts of violence. Mm. That, being, that that anybody should want to carry out. And as Amdis, we are free from that. You know, we are free from that need to carry that violence because mm. we are told to sacrifice rather our worldly desires and our worldly goals mm. uh, for this for the benefit of you know peace. Yeah, yeah, and just and that's despite the 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 mass persecution that takes place. I mean, we've against, had it recently, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and. And the the solution is not to kind of retaliate with with arms, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, but it, but it's with you know essentially striving for making that peace. Yeah. It's interesting how you mentioned how now is the age more than ever where the sacrifice of uh, he uses the word nafs, yeah. which I know will come to a bit more uh, in a bit more detail later on in the show. Yeah. But suffice to say now that this word nafs, for those who may not be acquainted with it, is this Arabic term. Which translates as, I guess, the soul or, or the ego. I guess it's that inner being in us, in inner voice within us that's telling us, you know, don't do this or do this or you know, yeah. the conscious. You could argue, and um, and he mentioned how you know now is the time more than ever where it's the, the need is there to sacrifice, you know, put at the altar yeah. to sacrifice that ego essentially, yeah. and um, and I know we'll talk a bit more about this a bit more later on in the show, but. You know, that really is the, the day and age in which we live in. And I know yeah. we've spoken in previous um, episodes around there's a lot that has been centered around the self. Yeah. There is There seems to be a rise in the kind of selfishness. Yeah. Um, and that does not, that's not just on an individual level, but it's being replicated even on the on the grand stage and the political arenas where countries are, seem to be becoming more... Or the political leaders, rather, are kind of taking their countries down a kind of a selfish route, you could argue. Yeah, I mean, you can see that. We, like you said, we've spoken about it in, in other programs, and you know, you just have to look at sort of the rise in nationalism, which is something we've spoken about mm-hmm. as a, as a result of that. That um, not suppressing the ego, the nafs, as as you, as, you, as you mentioned, yeah, and that ego, that that narcissistic value that people seem to be attributing to themselves, and then attributing to their their country. Mm. Um, it's something, it, it, it's something that's that's on the rise, and it's something that needs to be tackled. And I know it's been mentioned by 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 the by, by the Caliph of Islam a few times. Yeah, and um, it's something that you know. He, he actually again, I'm, I'm, I keep going back to this, to the Eid sermon that was given, but he said people who spend their lives in hardship. Uh, you know, it's it's about their soul and and it's the act of worship and sacrificing. Uh, their worldly desires in order to then you know worship God and recognize a creator yeah. uh, and that's something that's that's missing in, in the world at the moment and and, and as the, that recognition goes yeah. 
them more, people's egos are being yeah. they're, they're resorting to their egos because they have little else to go on. Yeah. So, and yeah. in a sense, that the, the, that nationalism, that yeah. that pride, seems to increase. You remind me of um, you know, the Caliph Islam mentions a, a particular saying of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, which I thought was very apt, uh, and he mentioned uh, the hadith where. The Prophet was reported to have said that, you know, strong is not he who can over- overcome others in, in wrestling, but rather strong is he who can overcome, you know, his emotions or his anger. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, now more than ever, when, when you there seems to be on the rise that that element of rage yeah. that seems to be kind of taking over, um, yeah. you know, whoever shouts loudest kind of... Yeah, and this, to, this is where, you know, these sacrifices have to come in because yeah. everyone's trying to sort of protect themselves or protect... Yeah, uh, the country against something that you know is is ne- probably not necessarily real. Yeah, um, and it's 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 cre- it's creating this aggression, this um, rage towards your fellow yeah. man. Yeah, and it's it's totally unnecessary. You know, we're seeing that. We're seeing it's caused bloodshed. We're seeing it. You know, like you mentioned earlier, we're, we're seeing that with uh, in, in, in against the persecution against against Andes. Yeah, and um, I, I think. Uh, now is the time for people to really to to, to be actually listening to uh, the sermons of the Caliph of Islam and l- look to start suppressing their worldly desires, suppressing their worldly goals in, to, in order to attain peace. If if the real goal is peace, yeah. and, and you and you want peace, then you have to make a huge sacrifice, which lots of people are doing, which we've seen in some of the examples we mentioned, mm. um, and, and really. Um, just, just take take it on the chin, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was an interesting um, part within the sermon where, where as he as he's reflecting upon the verse, yeah. Um, where just just to repeat it again, where the verse says, "You know, their flesh reaches not Allah, nor does their blood, but it is your righteousness that reaches Him." Um, you know, His Holiness poses the question then that. You know why? Why essentially do we sacrifice animals? Then why? What, what is the what is the need for that act? If if it is our righteousness that that reaches him, we surely we need, we shouldn't have to do the physical act. And I thought it was it was very beautiful that in also in, in almost posing the question that I guess you know some people may be thinking in their minds as the sermon is going on. You know he immediately addresses the answer to this, and that is that. That, that beautiful affinity affinity that exists between the physical and and the spiritual, and he mentions that is is necessary for for certain physical acts to take place for it to have an impact yeah. uh, upon upon I guess the internal upon the soul. And he gives the example, for example, if you take the performance of the prayer, yeah, the the, the five daily prayers that we do, the the actual physical postures that take place, the various kind of positions we're right right going down to the prostration position it's all to i guess create an effect upon the soul um to, you know to bring about that humility even at times it's been said that uh you know one should almost try to almost kind of emulate tears to try to force force that kind of emotion so that in turn over time the heart may become kind of softer and softer um so it just shows that within islam the I guess the beauty that exists is not just a kind of a one-sided affair. It's there is a relationship. We are in this world. Yeah, there is a recognition. I think yeah. what, uh, on that, what there is, there's a recognition within Islam, which which 
um, again, uh, shows how real it is, is that we are human, okay? And we have a physical aspect to our lives, the things that we do, okay? The spiritual aspect is important. And sometimes we need to carry out a physical act in order to attain the, the spirituality. And some of those are purely symbolic, but they bring out the spirituality and they're required. So they've been, we've been given those commandments by God yeah. through the prophets, just so that we as humans can then attain our spirituality by carrying out those physical acts. We, we need them. Without them, yeah. if we, I mean, you know, the, you, you started by saying, you started this piece by saying that um, the His Holiness mentioned that why do we need to then sacrifice our animal if it's our righteousness that reaches God, it's our spirituality. Mm. It's that act of doing something, of doing something that has been done thousands of years ago in order to prove spirituality, prove righteousness. Mm. Uh, and it's something that should bring out our righteousness. Yeah. It's that relationship between our... And I wanted to essentially kick off this particular segment of the show and looking at the word, the Arabic word um, of sacrifice. I have here in front of me an Arabic dictionary and the the root word here is quruba uh, or qariba. Essentially, the Arabic letters that form um, this particular word, uh, for those who are familiar with the Arabic language, are the three letters, the qaf, ra, and ba. And essentially this one, this word um, has associated, with, as, as with many Arabic words, has uh, various connotations. And if I just read through a list here, its meanings include to be near, uh, approach, offer, to be near in relationship, um, a proximity, means of drawing nigh, uh, pious works and good deeds which draw people close to God um, near at hand uh, it also means sacrifice offer made for God means of access to God so I think what's interesting Nasser is that within this one word there seems to be almost an affinity between attaining nearness on the one hand and making making an offering or a sacrifice to God uh, which we know, which we know is is pretty much what this Eid al-Adha is, is is about. It is focuses heavily on this element of sacrifice, but lo and behold, in this in this in this Arabic word, we have this this other connotation of attaining nearness as well. So it almost seems as if kind of contained within the word, there's almost a spiritual law that in order to kind of attain nearness to God, it could be argued that it is necessary to carry out this sacrifice as well. Yeah, that's. You know, it's obvious in every other aspect of our lives. In our day to day, if we move away from something, uh, we'll go back into some aspects. But in our everyday lives, we make sacrifices every day to achieve success. In in say work, uh, you know, you work late, or if you want to study for your exams, you, you know, you sacrifice your time. Um, I think you were saying earlier, you know, when you go to the gym, you sacrifice, uh, you know, um, a lot there just to, you know, work out, you know, whatever it is you do, but. Uh, no, no pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. Yeah, exactly. So you know that, that, that to attain nearness to God, we've been asked to make sacrifices, and you know, like I said, the the actual sacrificial act that's carried out on Eid of of, of the animal is symbolic of the sacrifices that we need to make as people for you know our righteousness, for our piety, uh, to increase in us our spirituality, uh, and there will be sacrifices that we're asked to make. You know, as Amdis, we, we we kind of recite this in, in in a pledge, quite regularly. You know, uh, and, and 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 we're reminded of it. Yeah. But it's something you know that is integral to Islam. It's something that's recognised uh, 
by God that you know we will need to do it won't be easy it might not be easy um, but it's something we, we need to do and, and that is sacrificing your you know your your, your worldly goals yeah. in terms of your spiritual goals and I think I mean as we know the name of this show is Pathway to Peace and it'll be it'll be good to really look at how this occasion of Eid al-Adha what impact it does bring uh, in order to achieve for example if I look on, on, on I guess more on a an international perspective or a national perspective mm. just attaining this kind of socio-economic yeah. piece you could argue if we just take the act of this sacrifice for example um, as, as we say what what takes place across many many countries is the kind of the sacrifice of the animal and according to Islamic law uh, essentially what should happen um, to the animals is that a third a third of that should actually be distributed to the poor and the needy in society uh, another third should be given to kind of friends neighbors and then the last third is to be you know kept kept for yourself you know your your literally your your kind of your immediate family and i think that if you were to apply that principle i guess even on a, a kind of a nationalistic international level it just shows how uh, that act of sacrifice really has the ability to you know if you to help fellow man essentially and that's what we're showing i mean the actual Act of um, killing the animal and then um, sharing the meat. It's not just in vain, is it? It's not just in vain. Yeah, yeah. It's done with the idea of sharing that sacrifice you've made. And like you said, if it was, if 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 that's done at a national level, then uh, well, an international level, the countries should be helping. countries should be helping each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And countries should be sacrificing literally their own needs to help others, which some do. You know, uh, but you know we're talking about to to a large extent. Yeah, and, uh, and you're, yeah. no, you're right. And if yeah. I take that point, that and I, I, you know, I find that the, for example, the UK public, yeah, they they they're very generous in the sense that oh, know, yeah. various appeals sure. that yeah. happen across the world, various disasters that are taking place, yeah. natural disasters sometimes you know can be man-made as well. And yeah. but I find from my experiences that when you kind of assess the the UK public, yeah, they they, they, they you know, it's a, it's a it, it's it's very refreshing to to see that 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 spirit of generosity is quite high. Yeah, I guess the the, the flip side to that is that it is becoming a shame, where it's now it's it's becoming the norm now. I guess from from a political point of view, where countries are starting to kind of have this this kind of I don't know how to feel it this kind of feeling of kind of pulling up the borders now. Yeah, inwardness. Yeah, inward looking. Yeah, I mean, if I can draw on. Uh, the words of His Holiness again he's mentioned uh, a few times in his sermons that that peace in the world is being threatened as people move away from recognition of the Creator and drawing on the words that you just mentioned in in Gurbani and, and the roots of that word and how that relates to attaining nearness to God when we start stop making those sacrifices and start moving away from recognition of our Creator we're threatening world peace um and, and and that's where that's where we've got to at the moment so that inward lookingness that um uh selfishness that isolationism that mm. countries are, are seem to be sort of wrapped up in at the moment mm. and like i said uh, closing off their borders it's 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 built it's 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 popularized by the fact that everyone has to look at themselves you know to look after themselves look after number 1 you know you're the most important you know um what you have and what you own are the most important things. Whereas if you have recognition of the Creator, then you'll be prepared to make sacrifices of the things that 
of your things and your possessions and, and you know be ready to sacrifice that for the good of people you don't even know perhaps yeah I mean then taking it a step further um, you know he's talking about um, well you know we're, look, we're looking at it from a perspective of I guess an international kind of level but his holiness also talks about you know now is the time or now more than ever is the time to um, sacrifice the ego so, so you know he used the word nafs you know yeah. sacrifice the nafs yeah. and you know and that you know that we I know we spoke about this early in the first half of the show that it, it is true it's becoming the norm now um, where you know advances in you know in technology you know being thrusted upon you know the generation after next and next and so yeah. you know it can be used to harness for, for 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 good purposes but at the same time it's almost having this ability where it can almost bring about the kind of almost how can I say the the kind of the the animal instinct within yeah. us as well, and and I, I don't know. I know you spoke earlier in the show about the various the, the three states of man. I don't know if you're able to. Yeah, I mean, it's something, it's something we've spoken about in the past, and you know, the the, the, the three the three nafs, the three states of self is the inciting nafs, the nafs al amara, uh, the self-accusing nafs, the nafs al luama, and the nafs at peace, which is the nafs al mutmaina. And again, this is this kind of, seems to be kind of like this evolutionary scale yeah. that you go through, where the inciting is like the most primitive, which is the one you spoke about, the one that can either which can incite you to evil, but almost uh, almost following your kind of your if you're following your basic, basic instinct, instinct yeah. yeah, and it's uh, you know it's the it, it's the self-accusing one. It's a stage where the conscience is then awakened, yeah, uh, and um, you're you're listening to your. Uh, I think I think your ego, you know, mm. and it's, it's it's when you go beyond that that you can suppress that ego. Yeah. And I know, uh, sorry, I know the second um, caliph of uh, Islam Ahmadiyya actually spoke about the relationship between um, ego and will, yeah, uh, and how that needs to be balanced out. But it's through recognition of these nafs and you know working through those those stages. Yeah. Uh, to the point where, when you're at the nafs at peace, which is when you're fully committed to yeah. uh, your spirituality and your your uh, life towards God, yeah. um, th- that's, that's that's those are the stages that you yeah. th- those are the, you need to make sacrifices to reach those stages. And I think it, I don't think it's you know it's not how can I say the fact that the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed. Um, who claimed to be the Messiah of of the latter days? He very powerfully kind of elucidated upon these themes, and you know, for example, these three states of man. Yeah. Um, in a lot of in a lot of his kind of works, um, one of the, the well known works that some of our viewers, uh, listeners, would may have heard of is the the philosophy of the teachings of Islam, where essentially he kind of elucidated upon these. And I think these are concepts which, and, and I said that was a speech that was delivered you know, over a hundred years ago. But that just shows the era in which we live in, this kind of modern era. This, this I say modern era in, in, in the kind of the human evolution of, of, of man, and it's and, and where and where, where we've come from. It's it seems to be within this last hundred years, something has kind of taken root upon man, where man is beginning to kind of focus. Mankind is almost starting to develop that kind of inward-looking. Um, kind of turning to its base desires more so than ever, and I, and I don't know. I think it's that as a result of. I, I, I guess it's just a result of a, a number of factors, and I know, and you know, we we I know we've spoken 
on many occasions about. There was a fantastic uh, documentary uh, produced by uh, Adam Curtis called "The Century of the Self," yeah. and, and and it was remarkable how he mentioned you know in kind of the late I guess nineteenth or early twentieth century this whole process of mechanization of automation and, and and like I said, technology can be a blessing, but somehow people that be have kind of tapped into that to almost kind of tap into our need to you know we need the latest gadget yeah. or we need in those days it was the it was the latest model of a car or yeah. in maybe various clothing and yeah it's yeah I, th- I think as we've become more technically advanced and we've got more access to uh this gadgetry that can essentially expand ourselves make ourselves bigger you can see that reaching some kind of pinnacle in social media where we can be famous to a certain extent yeah um and and the, the documentary you're talking you're talking about actually um uh, Adam Curtis uh spoke on uh how um Bernays a uh, psychoanalyst yes. um oh, I can't remember his name Edward, Edward Bernays yeah, yeah. uh drew on the works of Freud and used it to enhance sort of advertising commercialism mm. in America almost to tap into almost to tap into yeah and but that's where it was there we started seeing the beginning of yeah. um yeah the advertising becoming selling a lifestyle as opposed to a product yes so you know you can be this person if you have this thing yeah um and that's grown it's it's grown hugely and you know it, we've seen that you know there's there's been exposed decades of uh, mass consumerism yeah uh you know back in the 50s right up to now and it's through this kind of advertising yeah. and this uh, rec- this kind of uh, pushing forward of the idea of you being the most important person and having to have this lifestyle and that and that you know that that it's and the thing the amazing thing is that that particular when we talk about these various themes of you know mass consumerism kind of yeah. s- spreading around and it just shows how the, the sermon that was delivered uh, by his holiness where he he essentially he's giving a commentary on the verse and I say again it was from chapter 22 verse 38 their flesh reaches not Allah yeah. nor does their blood but it is your righteousness that reaches him and I guess that's it it's the pendulum has swung in the other direction where people are focusing on the self yeah. and it's all about me, me, me. Yeah. It's what I can buy and, you know, what I can have. Yeah. How good do I look in this? Yeah. Or, you know, and, and I must have these things. Yeah. But it's not so much, I guess, if we could swing the pendulum back the other yeah. way, which is not so much, don't focus so much on, on these worldly things. Yeah. We, are, we, are, we, of course, exist in this world and we, yeah. have, to, and we have to live. But it's it's what about this element of sacrificing you know your own kind of you know riches for f- so that others can benefit those who need it more yeah and uh, absolutely i mean um what these um what you know this last 100 years and what this um psychoanalysis has shown us or what it's attempted to do or maybe successfully done is tap into that lower base level of nafs yeah, the it's like commit, yes. commits evil. It's trying to it's, it's trying to reduce people to just that level without because as long as there's enough noise to say that you need to be like this to have you need to have this item to to be this kind of person. Mm. Um, you know, we've seen the ad- famous adverts of of Coke and things like that, where you know if you drink it, you become that person in the advert kind yeah. of thing. And all, uh, and many such products, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah loads of products. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'll just use, I just pull that one out as, as a very famous one, uh, a very famous brand. But that kind of taps into that lowest level of or, or lowest nuts level. Yeah. Um, whereas you know we're trying to, 
you know, achieve the next stages. So I think we mentioned in the show in the past, we're probably naturally as a human, without any noise, take away all the background noise, mm. i.e. the advertising, the, the shouting and the campaigning. Mm then probably the person is probably uh, an individual is trying to get themselves to that highest level and find peace Mm. an interesting fact actually I I heard on radio uh, probably about a week ago Mm. was that there's been the huge uh, the biggest increase in mobile phones that are not smartphones this year I think they're not uh, um, I think it was one of the Nokia brands that was was the biggest seller right Um, and it was not a smartphone really because yeah, and this was interesting because um, people are beginning to find that they're spending so much time uh, on the internet on social media on their phones. Yeah. I think it's something like 150 times a day. I think it's more. I think I'm being yeah. quite um, uh, moderate there. Yeah, but um, they're spending that much time looking at their phone and being on the phone and looking, you know, to be on either social media or some kind of connection to the internet. Yeah. Uh, that people now, in order to sort of attain, and uh, the way I see it is to attain some sort of peace yeah. and move away from the noise, is just have a phone where they can be contacted yeah, yeah, yeah. and are not connected to the internet. So, you know, yeah. we've, we're actually yeah. seeing yeah. people thinking things are too noisy, I need yeah. to get rid of this and yeah. move on to just back into the, yeah. the old, I say the old days, obviously mobile phones, yeah. you know, it's, it's not exactly the old days, but, yeah. you know, it, it's moving away from smartphones that are connected. That are... In our second clip, first aired on the 2nd of August 2020, you'll hear from Pathway to Peace presenter Amar Adris, where he discusses the monumental legacy left behind by the Prophet Abraham, something that continues to have a major effect upon our notion of sacrifice, even today. Let's listen. Yeah, so there are, Kalim, uh, you're saying there are two Eids in the Islamic calendar. Yeah. Um, both of them tend to pivot. Uh, I mean, they relate to slightly different events, if you like. Yeah. Um, but both of them pivot off this idea of uh, sacrifice, really, mm. in, in many ways. So uh, one of the Eids that people would probably be more aware of um, is, uh, you know, if, you, if you're ever in an office with another like Muslim co-worker uh, or anything of that nature, yeah. you know that they were fast, right, for around 30 days or so, once yeah. a month. Yeah. Uh, and immediately after that particular month ends, uh, you, you go straight into um, uh, what we call Eid al-Fitr. So it's the first of Eids that we have. Yeah. in the Islamic calendar. Um, and, but, you know, in many ways, that is also a celebration, if you like, at the end of what is typically quite a difficult month for Muslims, right? Where they're abstained mm-hmm. from uh, eating, drinking, they pay, uh, uh, sorry, during, during, the, during the daytime. Yeah. And they also uh, put special emphasis on, you know, reading the Holy Quran, mm-hmm. um, on performing prayers, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bit, bit like a spiritual detox at the end of the day. Yes, you know? yes, yeah. Um, almost, and, like, almost like a training ground. Yeah, effectively, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I suppose the Eid that we're now referring to isn't too far off from that either, because yeah. its its central, um, as we'll discuss shortly, mm. uh, is also is linked to the Hajj, um, uh, but but it's also intrinsically linked to, as we'll learn later on, yeah. uh, this idea of sacrifice, and in many ways, it's even known as the festival of sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- see, this is. So I came across a very interesting quote. Um, by the, the founder of the, the Amdi Muslim community, Hazrat Mr. Ghulam Ahmed. And, um, sure. and this, this quote, he, he makes this kind of comparison between the two Eids. And he says here um, that the, the Eid of Ramadan represents a struggle, a personal struggle, and the, effort, and the effort of the soul. But this Eid, as in referring to the second Eid, the Eid al-Adha, is also referred to as the greater Eid. It possesses a grand and magnificent spirit within itself. So that's... I find such a such a small small quote there, but I find it quite 
quite full of wisdom in the sense that mm. so you as just as you'd mentioned that this this the first Eid the Eid al-Fitr it, it's we, we all kind of like as you as we were just talking it's almost like a a spiritual detox it is it is, it is a training ground for us to kind of almost um build up uh a kind of our spirituality but but this phenomenon of of the of, of Eid al-Adha what well, what this is commemorating um, and I, was, I suppose we alluded to it at the very beginning was this this notion of sacrifice, and it's and I guess it's 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 what this sacrifice is that we're commemorating. I, I mean, I, I able to, you know yeah. you want to talk a bit more about, about yeah, absolutely, and I, and, and I think probably here we can probably refer to the sermon that you mentioned of yes. uh, you know his holiness his holiness yeah. Mr. Masoor Ahmed, yeah. head of the the, the worldwide MD Muslim community, yeah. uh, who just on Friday obviously gave a sermon and, and touched upon a lot of these points, right? So, yeah. um, you know, f- first of them is the fact that this particular Eid that we're celebrating, Eid al-Adha, yeah. uh, effectively serves as a reminder, right, yeah. of an example that was set for all of us over 4,000 years ago yeah. uh, and, you know, captured quite beautifully in various uh, portions of the Holy Quran. Yeah. Um, and, and, and this is, you know, what His Holiness goes on to explain kind of what this was. So, yeah. um, and, and the, the main point that he makes from the outset is it's important for believers to continue to remember, right, that there is a deeper message um, and not just to treat it as some kind of common celebration, you know, yeah. where we come together, we go to the mosque and then we all have a nice meal afterwards as a family. Yeah. But to remember that there is a, a, a deeper message uh, beyond that. And really, his sermon was about reminding to us what that deeper message was. Mm. And if I can just lay out what the particular sacrifice is. So yeah, uh, there's, there's a story within the Holy Quran, and it relates to the Prophet Abraham, yeah, who yeah. Uh, is well respected by the three, uh, three of the major religions of the world. So yeah. Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, and we'll discuss this later on, all, all three of them uh, have a great amount of respect for this particular prophet. Yeah. Uh, and it's a story where uh, Abraham, peace be upon him, sees in a, in a dream um, that he is effectively sacrificing his son, um, Ishmael. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this may seem a bit strange to us, but remember, this was 4,000 years ago, and it would not, be, would not have been strange for his time, mm. because uh, we know through history that this concept of giving human sacrifice mm. um, was actually quite common right, in many parts of the world mm. um, for you know, thousands of years ago. It was a fairly common thing to do, right? that people sacrifice humans for, yeah. for various things. Right? Yeah. Um, so it would not have looked strange to him. Right, it went when this particular dream, when he saw this dream, mm. but, but of course it was his child. Uh, yeah. According to some reports, and also as our as uh, mentioned in the sermon, yeah. Abraham was close to ninety at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know he's seeing in this dream that God and, is and telling it, him, and it was his first. And I was just going to say, it was his, his firstborn child. It's his first firstborn child. child. Yeah. Absolutely, exactly. Yeah, mm. and and he's told in this dream that his firstborn child, which is uh, Ishmael, yeah. is is effectively has to be sacrificed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, so so he, he so he obviously says this or relates this dream to his son, and he says to his son yeah. that Oh Ishmael, you know, God has told me in a dream that uh, I have to sacrifice you. Mm. And Ishmael, in turn, uh, rather than being hesitant about it, says, If God has told you this command, mm. um, in fact, I'll just quote the Holy Quran itself. So, and, and His Holiness again alludes to this verse yeah. um, as well, in, in, which is in the Holy Quran, chapter thirty-seven, verse one hundred and three, yeah. where Ishmael responds by saying, Oh my father. Um, do as thou art commanded, thou will find me if Allah please of those who are patient. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. So he's telling his father to go ahead and, and effectively yeah. sacrifice him. Yeah? That's yeah. what God says. Yeah. As we develop the, the, this, the, the actual event further, when, when Ibrahim takes him to the particular location mm. uh, where the sacrifice is to be carried out, 
yeah. as he puts the, the neck onto his son's, uh, sorry, as he puts the, the, the sword onto his, his son's neck, yeah. uh, he suddenly has a vision from God who tells him that this, that, you know, uh, that this was purely a test for him, basically. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And that there's no need to do this, right? And there's no need to sacrifice uh, his, his son in this sort of way. Yeah. Uh, and so it is this, um, it was the fact that Abraham and his son Ishmael were willing to go to this extent for the sake of God. Yeah. Um, it, it, and it's that sacrifice, which if you like, is uh, commemorated right within Islam. Mm. I, you know, it's, a, you know, when one, you know, quite throughout the sermon, his holiness reflected on the fact that if one just takes a moment to think about that, um, this is an elderly person, you know, his first child. Um, it's, it's a, you know, I almost think it's 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 a traumatic, it's an ordeal to think how you know can, can I do this? And yet they were they were both of them, you know, father and son, were Absolutely. were readily kind of accepting, uh, you know, of of of, of if they, for their interpretation, which was God's will. And it's, yeah, and it's absolutely it, it's quite amazing that it's almost it's, I, I like how um, it, you know the way His Holiness kind of explained this that. In some ways, the, the the individuals involved serve as an example for for all sections of society. In a sense, the father, who is quite elderly of age, kind of serves as serves as an example for for adults. Um, but then, even the child, even for children, um, it sets a standard even for for children uh, across the world as well. That both both were, were were you know were were making the sacrifice. It wasn't you know one or the other. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and we know through other reading other parts of the Quran that describe yeah. Abraham as being kind, yeah. having tender-hearted, uh, yes. you know, spirit within him. Um, we know, so, for example, uh, yeah. His Holiness mentioned in the sermon that even yeah. against his against the enemies of Abraham, yeah. Abraham was kind and tender-hearted towards them. And the Quran yeah. again alludes to this, right? Yeah. So, for so, someone of that nature to have yeah. been willing to sacrifice a child in this way was a huge thing. Exactly. Yeah, one can only even only try and imagine his his kind of emotions at the time. Um, but it, it is remarkable, isn't it? The fact that this, you know, we're going off at a slight tangent, but, you know, there is a, there's kind of a notion out there amongst the, the kind of the Abrahamic faith, obviously, like the, you know, Judaism and Christianity, Islam, that you know, some, some have argued that, um, you know, this incident, because this is a well-known incident across all, all, all these three major faiths. And, mm. and some say even, don't they, that, well, actually, what it wasn't actually uh, the Prophet Ishmael, it was actually the second son, uh, Prophet yes. Isaac. And, and yes. this, this I find, this find quite, quite interesting, but in the sense that I, I, the facts just don't bear it out, in the sense that, you know, of, of all the three faiths, there's only, it really is Islam that, that commemorates this. You know, if, if such a thing, if such an incident, and it's, 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 a, it's a major incident, if such an incident did happen to the Prophet Isaac, uh, you know, then it's it's it seems quite strange then that the 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 the, the Jewish communities or the Christian people we don't see this kind of act of commemoration to the to the large scale that Islam does, you know. Yeah, that's that, that that's interesting, right? And that's a really good point. I, I'll um, tell I'll tell you another. So I was just to interrupt. One thing yeah. that's, that 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 I found quite interesting as well that this commemoration actually apparently had even amongst the Arabs, it was quite a commonplace thing to commemorate this, this, this sacrifice of Abraham and his, and his son Ishmael, even prior to Islam. So it shows that there was something along that line, along that line of Ishmael that the Arabs used to commemorate even prior to the advent uh, of the Prophet Muhammad. So, so it's quite interesting. I think that 
I think where history has kind of borne out the, the facts, really, that you're right, on this day, you know, the, the level of sacrifices that happen as a, as, as a, as a kind of a reminder of that, and obviously with, the, with it, where instead, as you had mentioned, God had then, in, 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 you know, through a vision, had told the prophet Abraham that, no, no, I don't, I, it's not your son that you literally are sacrificing. And then, he, mm. and then an animal was used instead as, 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 a, as a sign. And so, but that happens on on mass within yeah. within within the kind of uh, all the all the kind of Muslim um, people of yeah. the world. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think whilst we're talking about some of the other religions as well, mm. uh, I think it's a very good point that you make, right, around Judaism Christianity. I mean, mm. the, the actual verse of the Holy Quran is in chapter thirty-seven, verse one hundred and six, yeah. when Abraham is about to sacrifice his son. God stops him and says, yeah. uh, "You know, thou has indeed fulfilled the dream. Yeah. Uh, therefore, right. indeed, do we reward those who do good." Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so we look to t- we tend to see, well, what was this reward that Abraham was given? And yes. what we find is that, you know, unfortunately, throughout history, yeah. when we look at the, the, the Jews or the Christians or the Muslims, yeah. uh, at various po- points in history, they've all had issues with each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, or, you know, had lots of arguments or mm. matters or sometimes even descending into violence, right? Mm. Mm. But if you look at it from like a theological perspective, there's mm. one there's one thing that they're all unified on mm. and that's the, the station of uh, Prophet Abraham. Right? Yeah. He's universally respected by all of them. Yeah. And that indeed was the reward and it's actually through his lineage, so it's through his children, yeah. uh, Ishmael and Isaac, that these three re- great religions were then actually born. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, the Jews refer to him as Abraham Avinu or right. our father Abraham. Right. The Roman Catholics in particular refer to him as our father in faith. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, and, and Islam gives him, gives him a great, I mean, almost a tone of the Quran yeah. One could say changes, right? When yeah. in many parts where Abraham, uh, peace be upon him, is mentioned. So, yeah. uh, you know, in chapter four, verse one to six, yeah. uh, there's a verse by Abraham that says, uh, you know, who can be better in religion yeah. than one who submits his whole self to Allah, yeah. uh, does good, and follows the way of Abraham, the true right. faith. Yeah. Uh, and then it goes on to say, for Allah did take Abraham for a friend. Oh, interesting. Uh, and I mean, it does, doesn't use that same wording for any other prophet in the, yeah. the entire Quran. Yeah. So there's a special station that he holds uh, in the hearts of all of these religions. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was the reward, right, that he was yeah. then given for, for doing good, for yeah. only submitting himself, right, to, to the will of God. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I like the fact that there was, there was a particular moment within the sermon that His Holiness mentioned that you know, the fact that, that Abraham, it was only because of his kind of level, of, you know, sheer level of certainty of God, you know, absolute certainty, conviction of, of, of the existence of God and his relationship with God, that that he was able to kind of carry out this sacrifice. Because, you know, you know, it's, 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 no, it's no mean feat that, you know, anyone else, you know, to have, to have you know, received this kind of dream and, and, and act upon that to, to the literal form. That he was ready to do that, and I, and it's interesting that it's because of the certainty, the sheer out and out certainty he has of yeah. the existence of his maker. Otherwise, men, you know, the average person is ready to be quite dismissive. Um, and, it, and, and and but 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 the fact that he was, you know, he was able, to, he was able to kind of, um, he was going to act upon that. But but likewise, his son also. It just shows the level of upbringing of his son that he was also able to to kind of almost in obedience um, to yeah. his father, saying, if this is God's way. Um, it's, it's quite a, it's, a it, it's no wonder, I think this is quite interesting as well. I remember at the beginning, he, he mentioned the fact that, you know, it's, uh, it's you know, this, this act, this incident is, you know, it's coming up to about 4,000, you know, years old now. And yet now, you know, in the year 2020, still going strong, this such as, such as, um, 
the magnitude of this of this act of this sign uh, of, of of obedience to God that that it that it's still around you know four thousand years later and he's in his holiness said and and for times to come you know to to, mm-hmm. to the end of time which is shows it shows a, a remarkable testimony really to yeah to the yeah absolutely absolutely and and you know as as we develop the story of uh, mm. of, of Hajj of Idul Adha yes um you know we we realize that actually. Um, it wasn't just um, Abraham and, and his son Ishmael who were willing to sacrifice yeah. themselves. Yeah. yeah, we move on also to uh, Abraham's wife, uh, Hajar, right. Right? Yes. Or, or, or Hajar, as she's known in yeah. biblical terms. Yes, uh, and she too um, basically does a, a similar kind of sacrifice. I don't know if that's something you want to maybe. Go yeah, through. no, please do because I said we, you know, we spoke about the fact that in some ways, as Abraham being the father was almost, you know. A, all adults, all fully mature grown adults, can 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 see that as a as a as a, as a role model, and likewise for Ishmael being the child, as a, as a role model for all children. But um, absolutely, even for the, the women, have not been left out. You know, the you know Hazrat Hadra has, has a name known as Arabic, and you know she is also seen as a, as a sort of a sign for all all, all as the standard. Uh, for for yeah. sacrifices as well among, amongst women. So yeah, if you're able to kind of elaborate a bit more on on that that sacrifice. Yeah, exactly. So so the story of uh, of of her is again you know fairly moving, and it was a a similar concept that um, uh, Prophet Abraham saw in a particular dream that he had to leave yeah. um, Hajra and her son uh, in uh, you know a barren land um, mm. near Makkah, basically, mm. right, yeah. where there was effectively no sign of life for miles and miles. Yeah. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, he, he left them there basically with with a few dates, etc. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, the Holiness referred to this in the sermon as well. Yeah. That she at, at one point, uh, Hajra sort of perceived that this was not a temporary arrangement, right? She, mm. she, you know that uh, her and her son would have to remain in this place on a permanent basis, right? Mm. So she did ask her son that you know, would you leave us here? Mm. Um, you know, so. And and when uh, and then she asked us, uh, sorry, she asked Abraham as well that we you know, will you leave us here? Yeah. And I think at some point there's also the fact that she uh, turned to Abraham and said, that, "Is it God who's told you or commanded that yes. you must leave us in this place?" Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, and Abraham, of course, he pointed to the sky and said, "Yes, that is the case." Yeah. Um, and 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 immediately, uh, Hadra was. Um, satisfied right that if this was effectively the command of god mm. then she would see it through to the end you know mm, yeah. um, but then we move on to the interesting bit after abraham had gone uh, yeah. of course hadra had a child with her in the middle of a desert yeah. and uh, the story that we basically have is that she ran between uh, two sort of i suppose you could call them all almost like two hills yes uh, known as safa and marwa yeah uh, effectively looking for water yeah. for a child yeah uh, and there she was pointed in the direction right of a particular a source of water that existed, yeah. which in modern day times is known as the well of Zamzam, that yes. even to modern day time effectively runs and gives water. Yeah. Uh, and and it was then in that valley that the city of Makkah, if you like, was then discovered and built up, etc. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know that was the second sacrifice, right? Yeah. Which uh, is something that is then uh, explored further uh, via either Latha and also the the Hajj uh, yes. pilgrimage itself. Yeah, well, and this—I mean, this is—and this is interesting that these, in some ways, these acts or this rather these 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 two sacrifices that we spoke about—one of of of, of well, both involving uh, the son Hazrat Ishmael—they mm. 
but the the, the sacrifice that, that Abraham was going, you know, on his son, and, and also the the second act that you've mentioned of of, of uh, his wife as Hajra when when they were in the desert. These 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 kind of two of these these grand sacrifices have become kind of almost immortalized in the sense that of obviously they've obviously been uh, narrated in in the Holy Quran, so it serves as a as a reminder for for all times to come. But the fact that they've become quite integral into the what is known as the the kind of institution of the Hajj, the, the pilgrimage, uh, the the fifth pillar of Islam, there are essentially kind of key key acts that that need to take place uh, w- within the Hajj. Uh, I mean, do you want to talk a bit more about that institution? Yeah, absolutely. But, but if, if, if it's okay, uh, before we maybe yeah. dive into the Hajj itself, yeah, yeah. I, I just thought I'd, I'd also point out about this idea of sacrifice, right? Yes. Where it sort of maybe yes. leaves us in, yeah. you know, how do we apply that to kind of modern day times, right? Yes. So, yeah. you know, the, the idea is that, you know, generally nations that are willing to present sacrifices, mm. yeah, are the ones that in the long term end up being end up being successful as well, mm. yeah. Mm. And uh, and you know if we look at like our modern day world at the moment, mm. uh, you know we have so many examples where uh, you know there's a gross kind of inequality of wealth uh, at the moment that exists, right? If you just yeah. look at things economically, yeah. And primarily that's because we live effectively in a system like a capitalist system yeah. that you know doesn't really uh, give much importance to the idea of sacrifice, right? In fact, the opposite is true. Uh, yes. The idea is that a person who's got lots of capital should invest it so they can get even more of it. That's you know? a good point. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, if anything, kind of greed is is, is something that's uh, almost intrinsic to that, right? And yeah. short-term profit is another is another aspect of it, which yeah. is almost central to the way that the whole system works. Yeah. And and we're now seeing that some of the some of the wheels, if you like, are coming off this particular system, right? And that's yeah. because ultimately, if you're not willing to sacrifice, you won't get very far. Yeah. Um, and it's not so long ago that we did have a spirit of sacrifice, right? So cast your mind back to mm. the two great wars that happened, yeah. um, uh, you know, not that long ago, just yeah. just a few de- decades ago, really. Yeah. Um, and, and we can see that there was a spirit of sacrifice that was there. Yeah. Um, but it seems that, you know, to some extent, that is now been sort of going away, yeah. if you like. Yeah. Uh, we've got more, and, you know, the, our politics are becoming a bit more dangerous as well. We've got more sort of far-right kind of... Um, in, yeah, very politics, inward looking. You know, that, yeah. that, that are coming in, and even on the left, and even on the yeah. on the left side, you've got people that are fairly extreme. That are, you know, there's a there's a lot of intoler- intolerance that seems to be now creeping in, yeah. in society, right? Yeah. Um, and and really, it's that spirit of sacrifice that yeah. Abraham and Hajra and Ishmael yeah. um, displayed. That, yeah. That's actually is some. It's the sort of thing that's required. Right? It's, it's, and, it's what we read right we, now. Yeah. Well, I'm afraid that's all we have time for on this week's episode of Pathway to Peace. But before we end, let us reflect on the message delivered by His Holiness, Hazrat Mizza Masur Ahmed, on the occasion of the Eid al-Adha sermon on the 29th of June, 2023. His Holiness tells us about the promised Messiah's aim for all of us to be able to make sacrifices in God's way with all our powers and abilities. To exemplify this, sacrifices of animals have been put in place. However, Their meat and blood does not reach God, rather one's righteousness reaches him. In other words, fear God so much as if you have died in his way. But as one sacrifices an animal with their own hands, in the same way, metaphorically speaking, we should sacrifice ourselves for God, meaning we should fear him and excel in righteousness. His Holiness explains that Islam means to place one's neck for sacrifices. 
meaning to be ready to sacrifice everything for God. But this sacrifice requires pure love, and pure love requires true and perfect understanding. This is what God points towards in chapter 22, verse 38 in the Holy Quran, that neither the meat nor the blood can reach God. Rather, the spirit in which this sacrifice is done reaches God. His Holiness continues to explain the way to know if someone has reached the true understanding of God and has developed God's love and fear in their heart is that one is saved from every sin. Even if a sin is committed, a believer should immediately seek forgiveness and turn to God. A believer always has God's love in their heart. They always keep in mind that God is washing them, that God knows the condition of their heart, and such a believer desires that no act of theirs displeases God. The Prophet Messiah said this condition is the true Islam that one should follow. Once one reaches this stage, they are ready to sacrifice everything for God. Their every action is for God's sake. This is the true sacrifice of Ishmael. Merely sacrificing animals and eating their meat is not the true essence of Eid al-Adha. If we can achieve the true essence of sacrifice, we can witness great blessings and inner peace in our lives.